Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts podcast. Each week, I bring you an exciting, outstanding guest from all over America and even outside of America to be a part of this special podcast. And my very special guest today is Dr. Gloria Williams, who, along with her dear late husband, Bishop Isaiah Williams, uh, began the Jesus People Ministries Church International in Miami, Florida. Uh, Pastor Gloria, God bless you, and welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Roberts. I'm so glad to be here with you, and I'm so glad for the invitation. And I just know that there is something that we'll say today that will be a blessing to the people's hearts. I know that it will. Gloria, I have known you. Of course, I I guess I first met you and your dear husband, Isaiah, back in the early 1990s to the best of my memory. So I've I've known you for a long time. Now, my question to you is, uh, with all of your background, coming out of getting a Bachelor of Science degree in criminal justice at Florida International University, one of the most prestigious universities in the state of Florida, how in the world did you get from that over into ministry? Well, I guess I got there by riding with Isaiah, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) who I miss so very, very much. Of course. What a precious man. Yeah, he was an awesome, awesome guy. Very, very wonderful person. And um, by being connected to him, married to him, and he experienced the call of God on his life after years of being married to him. And um, uh, of course, as as a wife, I wanted to stand with him, stand by him, and follow him as he followed the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's how I really got first connected to ministry, so to speak. Most of my time in ministry uh, while I was married to him, of course, was uh, sort of uh, laid back behind the scenes. So one day um, he asked me to speak to the people. And of course, I wasn't speaking as a preacher. I was just teaching um, from some things that I, I knew in my, in my spirit. And afterwards, he acknowledged that there was a call on my life, that he saw this on my life. So from there, uh, I started studying and I started uh, speaking and I started teaching and the rest is history. (laughs) Now, it's true. You started in a junior high auditorium. Is that right? We started in a junior high uh, auditorium. And from there, we went to what most people call a storefront type ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, we called it sardine because we packed so many people <laughs> in there. Uh, we felt like we were in a sardine can. And then from there, the Lord began to expose us to various uh, areas of, uh, of the church community. And uh, we started connecting with other national organizations. And uh, we started getting exposure ourselves. And, and, and people started knowing about us and seeing us and visiting us and liking us and staying with us. So from there, we grew and grew and grew. And you're still growing. You were still growing. Some 8,000 members now. And I remember the times that I have been there over the years and to see what God has done. In one of the great metropolitan areas of the country, Miami is such a wonderful, wonderful area of the nation. Were you, were you born? I never ask you this. Were you born in Florida? I was born right here in Miami, Florida, both Isaiah and I. So the community that we're in with the church, we know the community very well. We grew up in this community. So we really have a heart and a love for the people that live here. Of course, there's been a lot of changes over the years, but we still feel that there is something that God wants us to do in this community to build these people and to better their lives, or at least to offer them 
uh, some choices that can better their lives. Well, and of course, of course, Miami is a melting pot. You have, you have people from that have come in. First of all, at, at, in born in America, like you, but mm-hmm. also yeah. you have people who come from all of the islands, and you have people that, that come from That's the nations right. in, in Central and South America. Uh, I remember preaching once in a Hispanic church in Miami, and there were there were uh, people from some uh, fifteen different Hispanic nations as members of that church. So I know. Uh, I, I, I know it's a great melting pot. It's a wonderful city, and I've always enjoyed my times in Miami. You know, I had, we had a friend one time who visited us. He had never been to Miami before, and he was at the airport and told his story afterwards. Said that he heard these people talking in all these different languages, and he thought, "Wow, these people are speaking in tongues all over the place." <laughs> Maybe they thought <laughs> it was the day of Pentecost. <laughs> It's just that there were so many different nations and so many different languages, you know, that are here. Sometimes we don't even really have to leave the building to know that we are reaching, uh, uh, fulfilling the great commission that Jesus told us to do. He wants to reach the nations of the world. So Miami is a great place to, to work on that and to get that going. Now, you mentioned community. Uh, earlier, I know that you have a community development program. Uh, we do. I know that there are, I, I'm sorry to say, there are many churches that don't reach out into their communities. Uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of like the old saying, me, me, my four, and no more. But that's not your heart. You have a community center, you de- a development corporation, you you have a, a home that you take care of with elderly people, you have after, after school uh, tutorial programs, uh, you have yes. uh, foster care situations. Can you explain a little bit about how Jesus People Ministries has reached out into the community? Yes, absolutely. We call it the JPM Center. Uh, that's our arm to the community from the church, of course. It's our CDC, and the JPM stands for Justice, Potential, and Motivation. Those are the things that uh, was in Isaiah's heart and my heart uh, to offer to this community and to see that the people, you know, were able to to see themselves uh, growing and uh, increasing and prospering in their lives. And of course, uh, we have a heart, I, I don't necessarily like to use this term, but we have a heart for what people call the underdog, and sure. that's less fortunate, you know, than ourselves or other people. And so, yeah, we do, we reach out to uh, foster care kids, and we have a place where we can house them uh, until they can do better. We have uh, organizations that we partner with uh, who help us to uh, know who these kids are and to recommend them to us. We have uh, a place that we house um, uh, elderly. And then, yes, we have um, our tutorial programs going on. So we're doing a lot of things. Uh, we, we were, we're not doing this right now, but it's still probably uh, out there for us to reach more into. We were doing uh, a juvenile justice program mm-hmm. with our state attorney's office here in Miami where they sent kids to us who had gotten into trouble so that their records could be espoused and and, uh, they don't have a criminal record. So we're working with all sorts of things. And it helps me, and I really enjoy it because, as you mentioned, my background is criminal justice. I I thought there was uh, a connection. (laughs) Yeah, and so uh, it helps me to be able to do some of the things that we are doing. Not only that, you know, there's there's a measure of, of understanding legal things when you deal with scripture and the word of God. So I kind of like digging and researching through the word of God because that's 
you know, that's what we do to find out how things were done in the past, how they're done now, and how we're going to be able to uh, continue in progress in the future. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, me and my wife, Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay uh, went to law school. She never she never uh, went to, to, for the bar, to take the bar exams, but she understands the law, and, and I can get some pretty good legal advice from home. How awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. Uh, uh, Gloria, yeah. I know that you are a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. Uh, yes. Share a little bit about that, because there may be some of our viewers and listeners may not know what Alpha Kappa Alpha is? Well, Alpha Kappa Alpha is, of course, a Greek sorority, uh, and it um, is made up of college graduates, females, women, Mm -hmm. uh, who have come together in a sisterhood. Our primary objective is to uh, reach mankind and to serve all of mankind, no matter what the race, creed, or where they come from, and um, to build a, a great Sisterhood, which there's over 300 some odd thousand members who are part of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. As a matter of fact, our vice president is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. Some people have a little controversy with Christians or believers being a part of uh, sororities during this day and time, but um, I can promise you and promise them that we're not idol worshipers. We worship the true and the living God. Uh, we exalt him, we honor him, we pray before him. We know that Jesus is the Lord. And so we're not doing anything outside of our Christian uh, parameters, mm-hmm. our Christian faith, our beliefs, or the tenets of our faith. But we do have um, um, community uh, services that we perform, that we offer scholarships, and uh, we minister to elderly, and we do all sorts of things that will help our community. It's really a service organization. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. I'm glad that you said that so people have an opportunity to understand. Now, you brought up something that I think um, uh, just kind of spurred me, uh, women in ministry in general. Yeah. Uh, my father, Oral Roberts, who you knew, uh, my Great father— an awesome man, right? Yes. Yeah. My father said to me before he died that the next great move of God will come among women. Wow. Now, Gloria, I heard a message the other day that really stirred me. Uh, there was a person who, who took the scripture where the Apostle Paul was quoted as saying, saying that women should be silent in the church. And this person was advocating that that was not Paul talking. That was what those people in that church he was writing to were saying, and that it has been misinterpreted over the years as being a command from God's anointed apostle, but he was simply repeating what they were saying and was saying, in essence, I'm going to use my language, fooey on that. Now, some of the greatest ministers that I've ever met in my life have been women. Catherine Kuhlman was a mentor to me. And I'm sure uh, thoughts uh, went through your mind when your husband went home to be with the Lord. How am I, as a woman, going to carry this on? You have any comment? Because I'm I'm not only for you, but I'm with you. Well, certainly I've had thoughts of that, and of course, attacked uh, towards that for sure. It's been quite challenging, you know, being um, the senior pastor or the lead pastor. Uh, of of a church, a local church, because there's a lot of 
controversial thought patterns about that sort of thing, different philosophies about it. I, I just believe, like um, the prophet um, who is a Joel said, that God is going to pour out his spirit on all people, his sons and his daughters. And of course, I do see in scripture where there were uh, prophetesses of the word of, of God course. and that sort of thing. Um, so I, I am pretty clear. My husband, of course, working together with him when we were together and working together always uh, exhorted me to do what um, God was uh, leading me to do and to, to walk in the call of God. And he, he always impressed upon me that uh, most people who can't accept leadership, that type of leadership role from a female is probably a little less confident in themselves. And they may they may have some other problems, too. <laughs> so I, I kind of have been able to work myself through it. Of course, I'm surrounded by people of like faith that believe like I believe. And so I don't get a lot of that kind of negativism uh, close to my spirit, except that I hear it from afar. So it, it doesn't really, really penetrate me in that way. I know a lot of female pastors and female ministers. I know a lot of men who support females in, in ministry. And so I believe that that text that people talk about concerning the Apostle Paul is taken out of context, um, you know, quite often. And so I, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. Although, you know, people people do challenge female ministry and female leaders. And um, it, it's kind of difficult sometimes. But you just have to be strong. And I ask God daily for courage, like like he told Joshua, just be strong and be of good courage. And so I just stand with that and I walk in his uh, strength and in his ability. And I know that God speaks through anyone that he desires to speak through. I agree with the prophetic word that my father gave before he died, Mm -hmm. that the next great move of God will come through women. You and know, that's a good nugget. That's a nice nugget to add to me. You know, uh, so that seed, thank you for that seed from Dr. Roberts, because well, uh, I know he heard from God. If you think about it, it was a woman who brought Jesus into the world. That's absolutely right. And it was a woman who announced that he'd been raised from the dead. First one, that's right. <laughs> the others First were, evangelist, the, right? The others, the others were hiding out in a room upstairs somewhere <laughs> with the doors locked and the windows shut. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. We close the door on those sort of things. Or we read it the way we'd like to read it. We exactly. read it the way that, um, I guess, our denominations uh, teach it to us. And so... You know, that's one thing that we have to learn to, to read the scripture the way the scripture is is speaking to us and not put on it what others are saying. Yeah, we got to eat the eat the straw and spit out the sticks is what, <laughs> what we say it here in Oklahoma. Uh, Gloria, I know uh, that your, your daughter, Rochelle, is involved in the ministry. Can you share a little word about your family? She is now. Um, um, my daughter is uh, actually she's now the senior pastor. And uh, I've passed that mantle on to her because uh, for several reasons. First, I believe it's what the Lord wanted me to do and it's what the Lord said for me to do um, after I uh, took on the leadership and I passed it for many years, several years. And then uh, I heard the Lord tell me to raise her up in uh, that office, the office of pastor and senior pastor. Well, she has a great connection with um, younger people, the younger generation and you know, millennials, and she can mm-hmm. speak right into them. I'm still here in ministry uh, as the apostle of this church, um, and um, I, I still minister, I still teach, I still preach. Um, 
she she looks to me for leadership and guidance and wisdom in the things of God. So we're like teaming it together right now. It's working very, very well. She's well liked by people and she has a call uh, to our community leadership, uh, like the um, the mayors and the commissioners and the councilmen. She does a lot of work with those folk and um, they esteem her very highly. She's always called to uh, pray for our community and different functions and events that we have here in our area. So we're still in there. We're still doing what God's called us to do. And um, we're working together really well, I think. Well, that's wonderful. Please give her my greetings. I sure will. She's anointed too. She's, she's prophetic. She's very prophetic, like her dad. She has a lot of what was on her dad on her. You know, that's amazing that you say that because uh, Gloria, I believe, and my father always taught me that the anointing is generational. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he said to me, he said, son, when I die, there will be a number of people who will claim the anointing of Oral Roberts. Mm. And he said to me, son, pay no attention to them. He said, the anointing is generational. He said, it, it, it is reserved for you, my son. Wow. He said, you will get it all. They will get none, no matter what they may say. So I agree with what you're saying about your daughter and that that anointing. It is generational. It came from Abraham down through Isaac. It came from Isaac down through Jacob. It came from Jacob on down through Joseph and on all the way down the line. So, so I encourage you in that. And, and you, you know, I kind of felt like I kind of felt like um, uh, I, I attributed sort of to like the the Queen of England and and the, um, the monarchies of England. <laughs> yes. You know. Uh huh. So I, I felt that I was I was called to take the to take that mantle for a period of time, but it really didn't belong to me as a senior leader. Okay, and uh, that it that it was really from him to her, but I was I was intervening until she came to that place and she didn't need. Uh, the tutor, like Galatians talks about. That's exactly right. And, and uh, no matter what anybody thinks, and no matter what anybody says, if the Lord tarries, Charles is going to be king. <laughs> okay? I'm, I'm just telling you, that's mm-hmm. the way it is. No matter whether you want it or don't want it, that's how it's going to be, because that's how the line of succession works. Let me, ask you, let, me ask you, let me ask you one more question, Gloria. What about your ministry today? you wish you had known 30 years ago? <laughs> well, I, I, I think um, if I could say something towards that, it would probably be to be able to infiltrate uh, our community in even a more impactful way. Um, I, I wish that we had been more inclined to think um, towards the generations, as you just mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, and be able to reach more into the nations of the world. I mean, we have been, we have sown and we have been givers to other ministries that go out into uh, other areas of our world. We have never really been uh, missional in that way. We have, we have been on our mission uh, by supporting others, but we've not really gone into other countries personally. I think that that might have been advantageous for what we do uh, and for ministry and for our own personal 
enlightenment and, and convictions in our own personal hearts as leaders. So we haven't traveled the nations of the world like I think we should have, or maybe could have. In, in, my, in my life, um, you know, you know, of course, you've known me a long time. Uh, I have been an evangelist to those nations. I have had crusades all over the world. But a few years ago, the Lord said to me, your crusade days are over. And I said, Lord, what do you mean? I've, I've been doing crusades in nations for 40 years. I've had crowds of up to 100,000, 200,000 in one night. And the Lord said, I want you to spend your time now ministering to underdeveloped nations pastors, mm. teaching them on healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith, which is the heartbeat of our ministry. So things change over time. And as I look back, like you've looked back, I, I see things that I wished I had done differently, but here we are. So you can't, yes, you can't go back and, you know, take care of, the, of, of, a, of a cracked egg back then. What you can do is you can do what you can do today. And that's what I, that's what I hear you saying. Yes. And, you know, I, I think that this, um, the ecology of this digital world that we are in now is helping us to do more of that. We kind of resisted it a little bit from the very beginning. <laughs> I know we did. We're a little bit hesitant you know, about what it was going to do and what role the church has or is going to have in this digital age. But I can see now that we can uh, interact, we can connect, have connectivity, you know, with the nations of the world through the, um, the digital age and technology. And so we're, we're get, gearing ourselves up for that and getting ready for that. First, when I heard about digital, we just really was, were thinking about television and that the cameras were changing and that all of those sort of things were changing. I had no real idea that it meant that there's going to be a reset in our whole wide world, you know, but it has been. And so we're, we're getting ourselves involved in this and being a part of that. That's one of the reasons why I'm so glad to be on with you today. This actually is one of the first times that I've, 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 I've been on um, a program like this to this extent. I mean, I've done some, some um, webcasting before and, uh, of course, some uh, networking through um, Zoom, but not to this extent. And so uh, this is very good for me, and I'm stepping into waters that I haven't been in before, and it's needed. There are some mandates that we're going to have to get involved in. It's going to help us to fulfill Matthew 28, 19 and 20, really well, it is. I, th I, think you're, I think you're on the right track, and I think you'll find yourself doing more and more. Uh, for example, just the other day, uh, I did a Zoom, a Zoom service to Pakistan. Mm -hmm. There are wow, 20, really? 20, 27 churches in Pakistan wow. came together for one service, and I didn't have to leave my living room. Isn't that awesome? I preached for That's an hour. Awesome. I had a healing service. I had you testimonies had coming service. in, had testimonies the, coming in, and I never left my living room. And you just spoke the word, and the people were receiving. Just like I was standing there in person. Isn't that awesome? You know, so thank God for technology. You know, we as Christians, uh, we were foolish enough. We, we downplayed television, no, we, and so That's we gave right. it to the world. We downplayed <laughs> right. movies, and we gave it to Hollywood. And we, mm -hmm. we said, no, we're not going to be involved in the World Wide Web. <laughs> no, let's use technology. Let's, let's take it for the sake of the gospel. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't want to throw away everything. I think that there's a balance. Sure. Because I think that personal touch is something that you just can't dismiss yeah. in the body of Christ. Because 
you know, there's healing in the touch, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And um, there's all kinds of comforting that we bring to people just by touching them. But we just can't these days limit our ministry to just in-person kinds of things. There are some people after this 2020, uh, they're just not going to come back into our building. But they will watch on, um, on streaming. And so we've got to be a part of that. We've got to be involved in that. And we will be. And I, I think more and more of the churches is gearing towards that. And if Jesus were walking the earth today, as he did 2,000 years ago, I believe he'd be online. (laughs) Okay, I'll end it with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, Apostle Paul, he did media ministry. I mean, he did um, what written ministry because he couldn't go to some places sometimes. And what did he do? He sent his letters. That's right. And in sending his letters, people believed, they received, uh, they grew. We have the Bible uh, because of it. (laughs) They learn. Exactly. So it hasn't always been in person the way that we have thought that it has. That's right. That's right. Uh, Let's let's have a time of prayer together. If you're facing a need right now, then I'm going to ask Dr. Gloria if she will pray over you. Now, listen, friend, there's no distance in prayer. Absolutely. God is right there where she is in Miami and right here in Tulsa where I am, but also he's right there where you are. He knows who you are. He knows where you live. He knows what you're going through. So I'm going to ask Dr. Gloria if she'll pray right now, and then I'm going to pray and believe God for you. Pastor? Friends, I want you just to stretch your hands out towards us, whatever device that you're using to watch this program today, and let's touch heaven. Father, we so thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness. You are the omnipotent God. You are the powerful God. You are the God of our salvation, and we thank you that you're here with us today, you're watching today, and that you are moving in the midst of these airways and touching the lives of your people. Thank you for the healing power and the healing virtue that's ministering to people's lives right now. Thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that bodies are being made whole just by the word of the living God, just by the fact that they are hearing us talk your word. And you said that you, when you send your word out, it doesn't come back to you void. So we thank you right now in Jesus' name for deliverance, for setting captives free, for f- supplying people's needs, and for making us whole in the people in the body of Christ. It's in that magnificent, mighty name, the glorious name, the powerful name that never, ever changes in the name of Lord Jesus that we pray and we believe. And yes, Father, we receive. Amen. Amen. And I set my faith with Dr. Gloria's prayer in the authority of Jesus' name, according to Psalm 107, verse 20, which says he sent his word and healed them. According to that word, I send it to you now. I rebuke every sickness. I rebuke every disease. I rebuke every fear, every doubt, every worry every anxious moment, and I pray for you to be healed today from the top of your head, even down to the soles of your feet. I pray this in faith, in Jesus' name, and I expect a miracle. Hallelujah. I agree. (laughs) Amen and Amen. amen. Dr. Gloria, thank you so much for being my guest today. Well, it's been my pleasure, sir. It's been my pleasure. I'm so glad to get an opportunity to speak with you and to say hello and see how great God is doing in your life. Wonderful things yeah. that he's doing 
And this is just the beginning. Praise God. Give my love to Rochelle and my my dear friends. If you are ever in the Miami area, uh, shame on you if you don't stop by Jesus People (laughs) Ministries because your life will never be the same after you're there in one of those services. God bless all of you today. I'll see you next week with another outstanding guest on Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. God bless. Bye-bye. Text giving is now available. It's as simple as taking out your mobile phone and opening your text app. If you're in the USA, text RRM to 833-881-6442. Then just follow the prompts. Now, if you're in Canada, text RRM Canada to 77977. That's RRM to 833-881-6442 in the USA and RRM Canada to 77977 if you're in Canada. And we'll put the numbers in the show notes for easy reference. Your generosity makes a difference.